0: Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello everyone, Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio back with another amazing episode. This one is sponsored by our friends at Salesforce. Be sure to go to our show notes at www.amazingbusinessradio.com to find out more. But first, this week's lesson in customer service and experience, I want to talk about the three C's of customer service success. Now, there's an old saying in the real estate industry that the three keys to success in real estate are location, location, and location. I have a similar take on the customer service and in customer experience world And that is the three keys to customer experience success are consistency, consistency, and consistency. Now, of course, there's much more to delivering an amazing customer experience than just consistency. But if there's something that is a non-negotiable to creating customer loyalty, it's a consistent and predictable experience. One that customers can count on every time they do business with you. The entire experience must be consistent. You can't be great one day and then just okay the next day. The moment there's inconsistency, you start to lose the customer's confidence, and ultimately, you might lose your customer. So let's talk about the different ways an organization delivers a consistent experience. Number one, the quality of the product or service must be consistent. Now that makes sense. Whatever the company sells must meet the expectations of the customer every time. It doesn't matter how good your customer service is. If the product doesn't do what it's supposed to do, the customer is going to find another company that better meets their needs. Number two, the different channels customers interact with you and your organization on must be consistent consistent. In other words, there must be a consistent experience. Today's customers connect with companies; they do business with multiple ways. They have the traditional way a customer, you know, always communicated with a company, and that was either in person or on the phone. And then along there came emails, and then chat, and then chat bots, and then there's all these different social channels and uh, other messaging apps like Facebook Messenger. This is all part of what we call the digital revolution, and the modern customer expects. To have a consistent experience regardless of the channel that they choose to communicate with you on number three the attitude of people who work at the company must be consistent now this is one of my very very favorites because I believe if I talk to Bob one day and Susan the next day they don't need to be clones of each other but their attitudes need to be similar now I'm not suggesting that everybody become a clone of each other it's that positive attitude and effort that employees make to take care of their customers that must be consistent. It shouldn't matter if the customer, as I mentioned, talked to you know uh, Bob one day and then John the next day and Jane the very next day. Everyone comes to work with the idea that they're going to do their very best every day. Regardless of who picks up the phone or responds to a message or interacts with the customer in person, the customers will always have a good experience. So when customers talk about the consistent company, they're going to say things, and you may have heard me talk about this before in prior episodes of Amazing Business Radio. They're going to say things like, you know what, they're always so helpful, or uh, they're always so friendly, and they're always so knowledgeable. What I'm trying to communicate is that the word always, followed by something positive about the company, that's how you know you're creating consistency. Delivering a consistent experience creates confidence. Confidence can lead to trust, and trust can lead to potential loyalty. So that's our short lesson for this week's amazing business radio. Coming up next, we're going to talk with Nick Mehta, who is the CEO of Gainsight, which is one of the leading customer success companies in the industry. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Good customer service is now an expectation. Don't provide it and you'll be disrupted by a competitor who does. So, what can you do to stand out? Well, that's the focus of my latest book, The Convenience Revolution, how to create a customer service experience that disrupts the competition and creates fierce loyalty. The goal is to reduce friction and be convenient for your customers. So, if you're ready to take your customer service to the next level and disrupt your competitors, well, this is the book for you. To order the book, go to www.beconvenient.com. That's beconvenient.com. It's time for you to join the revolution, the convenience revolution. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, and as promised, another great interview. This time, we have someone from the trenches, the CEO of Gainsight, Nick Meta. And and Gainsight is the leading customer success company. Uh, Nick was named one of the top CEOs uh, by SAS Report. He's an Ernst & Young Entrepreneur of the Year finalist and he holds one of the highest, and this is pretty cool, one of the highest Glassdoor approval ratings for CEOs. For those who don't know it, Glassdoor is where employees go on and they rate the people in the companies they work for. Nick's also co-authored Customer Success, How Innovative Companies Are Reducing Churn and growing recurring revenue so nick welcome to amazing business radio and are there any is there any you've got some good accolades here i could have gone on and on and on and i know your pr people are going i wish you would have gone on and on and on but is there something that
1: you'd like to add <laughs> to this uh, great bio Chef, you're uh, you too kind. Thank you for the kind intro. I feel like I should conference call my mom in at this point so she can continue yeah. the introduction. She'll have lots of great things to say. Tell but us about. That, did you uh, win any
0: sporting events when you were a kid?
1: <laughs> were you in the school play? Chef, the, the, <laughs> the bio would be a lot shorter if it was sporting accomplishments. I am a I am a diehard football fan, but all my accomplishments are always on the couch watching TV, not not playing it. So, all right, favorite team. Here.
0: What's the favorite team?
1: Pittsburgh Steelers. I grew up in Pittsburgh. I, the fun fact is I actually am so crazy. I've not missed a game, alive or in person, for 25 years. And oh that's, my! That's something unique about me.
0: 25 I'm, years. I'm one of those people. Oh, I love it. I love it. You know, and I was a huge Los Angeles Rams fan that became the St. Louis oh, Rams. Yeah. And I live here in St. Louis. And then they moved back to Los Angeles. My new favorite team, any team that beats the Rams.
1: Oh, my gosh. That's going to be a tough tough one this year. The Rams are looking good. So. I know. They left me <laughs> Great, here. great, great I, to be I,
0: here. Like you, I had season tickets. I sat in the front row. Somehow I got lucky and got seats on, like, the 42-yard line front row when they became wow. available. I went to all the games. No matter how bad they played those first few years, I went to every one of those games. I went to the Super Bowl. When they were in the Super Bowl, I saw them win one. I saw them – anyway um, – Enough about football. We're here to talk about customer service and customer (laughs) success. So let's go ahead and get started. Tell us real quickly, what does Gainsight do?
1: Sure. So at Gainsight, we think that uh, one of the big trends in business is almost in every industry, customers are getting more power. And in the old world, customers kind of when they bought a product or service, they didn't have a lot of choice. They they bought it. They were kind of stuck with it. But now with things like subscription and cloud and software being so easy to buy, um, they can come and go anytime they want. So we help companies be proactive about their customer experience. So instead of waiting for that customer to call up with the issue they have or the problem or the fact that they're leaving you, we analyze and help you analyze what that customer is doing, their behavior in your product or service, how often they're calling for help, what they're saying about you online. And we help you predict what you need to do to make that customer successful. And in that process, keep that customer longer, get them to buy more products and services and get them to tell their friends how great you are.
0: Wow. So it's like you've got, like the genie in the bottle. It's like we got to let the genie out. You've got to make make us aware of how to do all of this. I mean, <laughs> it's good. It's a software-based right. well, it's, it's, it's a software-based company.
1: That's right. So, it's software that helps you better understand your customers, so you can do a better job with them. And it is a little like the the funny thing about the genie in the bottle analogy is I do think that the genie was in the story a lot, the Aladdin story, the genie was trapped in the lab for 10,000 years or something, right? And it's kind of like that. It's been like that with customer experience. Many businesses, they didn't have to focus in this area because their customers didn't have a lot of choice and they were kind of trapped. So at the end of the day, the way you became successful as a company is you sold and you marketed and you built a good product and that was it. And we think nowadays to be a great company, you need to still sell. You have to market. You have to build a great product. You also have to make sure you're delivering success for your customers. and, And that's the opportunity many folks have in front
0: of them right the more you know about what your customers are doing with your product um it, you know it, you can analyze so much you can start to support them in different ways and that's not being reactive as you mentioned the word proactive that's proactively getting to them telling them hey you're using this the wrong way or there's a problem or here's some suggestions to take even better advantage of what we have to offer all right uh, i have a list of of you know, topics that we can talk about. And one of the ones I want to jump into, it's because I'm very excited about this one. This has come to light. And that's, uh, you know, in the age of the customer today, the traditional business model that you just mentioned, you know, make a product, market a product, it's changing with the growth of the concept of a subscription model. So love to just dive right. into that. I and, and coming up in a few weeks, we're going to have another gentleman who wrote a, an entire book about the subscription model. And for those that remember... Uh, and just not that long ago, my book came out, The Convenience Revolution. One of the six concepts of convenience is to create subscription uh, models for your customers, not for the company's benefit, although it does benefit the company, because it's easier for the customer. But, Nick, go ahead and talk about that a little bit.
1: Totally, yeah. I mean, I, and it's funny. I, th- I think you're going to have, was it Teen uh, from Zora? Exactly. Coming on. Yeah, that yeah. yeah. How yeah, did yeah. you know? So I know Teen really well. <laughs> he, he's very, very, very thoughtful. And, you know, he talks a lot about this idea that, as you know, we're moving from a world where people are buying things uh, to a world where we're all renting things, you know, through these subscriptions, right? And as a, as a consumer, we, many of the folks listening to this have experienced the amazing ability to be on demand, get a ride share or to use Netflix and watch the movies you want. And and all of us have these great experiences that, where you don't have to buy things. You don't have to choose forever. You're choosing for now, right? right? I think the same way in the business world, historically, when a company was deciding on the software to use or, or you know, the server to buy or or the partner to work with. It felt like you're making a decision for the rest of your life. <laughs> you gotta make that one decision really well, right? That's why I need great salespeople out there to convince you to work with them. But now those decisions are being made for the rest of the month or the rest of the year, not the rest of your life, right? And so what that's done is changed the whole way a company needs to run. Because my customer isn't committed to me forever anymore, right? And you think about that just at a business level all those relationships where you'd, you'd have that relationship with a customer, you'd, you'd go to the same golf club or play in the same sporting events, and your kids went to school together. And now your customer relationships are pretty ephemeral. And the question is, how do you keep those relationships longer when you don't have that kind of long-term connection by default? And that's what customer success is all about.
0: Yeah. And so back to the subscription model, though. It, you said things are changing. You know, today, even Amazon, if you think about it, Prime is like a subscription. Uh, You pay your annual subscription. And by the way, at the end of the year, if you didn't like it, you're done. You move on to another company. Yeah. You know, uh, Chewy.com, that's the dog uh, pet company. You you know, you get your pet food delivered to your home. Um, Dollar Shave Club, which is my personal favorite club that I'm a member of. Uh, because they didn't kick me out know uh, <laughs> for anything, <laughs> but no, think about it you know i i don 't ever have to go to the store and look you know and wait for razor blades to go on sale or or even think about having to get them because they just show up by the way, I now have a lifetime supply of razor blades. No, I, I don't. You're supposed to switch them once a week. If you
1: don't, you end up getting more. That's simple. Um, you have to use them. You have to actually have to use them. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, that's that's right. And you just look at the number of subscriptions any consumer has now, and you, you can imagine the number of Pittsburgh Steelers-related blogs and websites and things I've signed up for. Right, and 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 that's happening in every part of business. Right, where people are switching from this one-time purchase to this recurring relationship mm-hmm. and that is exactly that's what team the, the ceo zora talks about with the subscription economy that our whole business is moving to subscription and what i've seen specifically is there are a lot of companies out there that historically grew up building products right they built a tractor or they built software or they built a server or they built you know buildings and now they're switching to model where everything they're selling is actually kind of an on-demand rental based model a subscription, and they're thinking, how do I rethink my whole business?
0: Right. You know, and and by the way, individuals who are um, consultants, they could say, hey, for X amount of dollars, you get me for three hours a month. Um, You know, That's right. Companies like yours, your software is probably a monthly fee to have your software. Yes? That's right. Yeah, exactly right. It's a subscription. And now automobiles, by the way, uh, I did an article about this, and I know I'm going to talk more and more about this because I'm learning – That more and more automobile manufacturers have moved uh, with the idea that they want to have consumers subscribe to their cars, not own or lease their cars. So think about that. It's like, yeah, and I've used this example. Uh, Porsche has different tiers. So if you buy into this tier, you get these three or four models. If you buy into this tier, you 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 get more. (laughs) and you can actually uh, drive a convertible one week and, uh, and the next week decide to go into the SUV sport utility Porsche or drive the four-door and you get to switch in and out and you don't own the car, you don't pay insurance, you don't maintain it, you just subscribe
1: to it. That's exactly right and you know it's interesting because there's a lot of demographic things like I think a lot of people earlier in their career are used to not owning anything right I think the dream earlier on was you know owning things right but nowadays the idea of ownership is a little bit overrated, <laughs> and and you look at that example, right? That's I mean, you get ownership ends up you're you're saddled with all this stuff, and frankly, you're also saddled with old stuff because you buy that car that's now ten years old, mm-hmm. you buy that house that you're, you know you've been in twenty years and it needs to be remodeled. You buy, if you're a business, you buy that software that hasn't been upgraded for a long time and is out of date, and so the whole concept of owning things, which used to be like the dream of America, I think is is becoming. Uh, in, in some ways, ownership can become a nightmare, right? Now, I say that as if we just moved into a new house, so uh, that's going to be different. <laughs> but I think in general, ownership is going gonna, to um, be a thing of the past. Right. But even a house, even
0: a house, by the way, the American dream, own your home and two cars in the garage and, and all that. That's right. It, a lot of people's rent their, or people will rent their home. You just change it from renting it to calling it a subscription. Airbnb. Uh, is you know disrupting the hotel industry but imagine you know you make a deal with an Airbnb hey you know what I want to live in i don't know New York City for four months I've never done that before let me make a deal with the airbnb person and and maybe I'll pay you know uh I might pay pay six thousand dollars for this really nice place for the month maybe and I know that sounds like a lot of money, but hey you're not paying insurance you're not paying utilities it's yeah, it's furnished. Totally. Every, you don't have to do anything but move in, you know, and you don't have to pay moving cost. All you got to do is bring your suitcase filled with your clothes and your toothbrush
1: and you're in. You know I, I think that, go ahead. this concept it's this concept just gonna revolutionize the world the world, not just not just these great businesses like Airbnb, but when you when you move to that model where people don't own things anymore, Everything changes, as I'm sure you you talk a lot about.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of excited. I mean, uh, I don't know if I'll be around to say, hey, I don't own the condo or own the house anymore, but I, I I mean, it's really interesting the way things are going. You know, I read, or actually I heard somebody talk about something similar, not, not to the subscription model, but it, they were talking about the different demographics and they used a pizza, uh, they, like Domino's pizza delivery. And they said, you know, years ago, and I remember the first time I ever, ordered a pizza from Domino's, I picked up the phone because there was no internet. And then there's this whole, uh, now the the millennials, you know, they they don't want to pick up the phone. Okay, so Domino's now has multiple channels that you can reach them on. Well, here's the next generation, the one that's coming right after the millennials. It's not that they don't want to pick up the phone. They won't pick up the phone because the phone isn't what they are used to. So things are changing, yeah, and it'll, be, it'll really be interesting. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk to you about, oh, how about happy customers aren't enough? That's an intriguing topic. We are talking with Nick Meta, the CEO of Gainsight, and this is Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information all you have to do is go to my website, hiken.com That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the shepherd letter form. And each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more. All about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to always be amazing. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Nick Mehta of Gainsight. Nick, happy customers aren't enough. That's a pretty intriguing topic, and when I saw that, uh, I went, okay, what does he mean by that? So jump in and and let's talk about it because I, I don't know if it's happy customers or I know that satisfied customers aren't enough, but let's talk about the word happy too.
1: Yeah, totally. It's interesting because whether you think happy or satisfied, I think that the old generation of kind of business where, you you know, your customers, you know, they bought something, they owned it, they're kind of stuck with it, they didn't have a lot of choice. You just wanted them to be happy so that if somebody else asked them about you, you'd say nice things, right? We all know that. We'd like to get referrals and, you know, like have good word of mouth. And, you know, there's a term in business, people have this term called net promoter score, which basically is a way to measure, like, your loyalty of your customers, right? And that was often the bar for most companies. How do we just get our customers to be happy? But what's happened with this subscription economy that we've talked about is that customer that's happy today, they still need to get value, right? And they still need to be getting more value than they could get anywhere else, right? So you look at almost all aspects of our consumer life. And actually, I think Jeff Bezos does the best job of talking about this, the CEO of Amazon, where in his shareholder letter, he talks about the fact that he's not scared of his competitors, He's scared and obsessed with his customers. He's right. scared of his customers because right. they always have that choice every day. Right. Mm. And just because they're happy and you and I experience this when we shop on all of us experience this shopping online on Amazon, I shop online. I love Amazon. It's great. I mean, I love it and maybe hate the amount of money we spend with it, but love it in general. But the reality is if they don't have the price I need at the right time, that's available, I'm going to go buy it somewhere else every day. Right. It doesn't, there's no loyalty to Amazon. It just happens that they have everything you need and it's great. Right. And so, just happy isn't enough. You need to be, get that customer to be, have a great experience and be happy and get the outcome they're looking for. It's kind of a fancy you know, business uh, lingo, but outcome just means what's the thing that that customer is trying to achieve, the product that they're trying to get? What's the, the goal that they have? Is this the best way to achieve it? And that second part of making sure they get the outcome is something a lot of companies didn't have to think about. They just tried to make their customers happy and that was it. But now it's not just about happiness.
0: So, uh, you know, I talk about the satisfied customer is not a loyal customer. With a happy customer, it's not enough. What are you doing to ensure their outcome is what they want? It's not that they just like the experience. It's, there's something else to it. There's more than that. Um, you know, I, I'm, and, I, and I'm trying to wrap my head around how to actually describe what we're talking about. And the NPS net promoter score is what's your likelihood that you'd recommend? And I like that question. I think it's probably one of the most powerful survey questions that you could possibly ask. But it, all it measures is intent to recommend. If you can ask the person at that same time, okay, you gave me a 9 or a 10, which means you're a promoter, okay, and you're willing to promote me. Um, can you give me the name of the person you're willing to promote me to? <laughs> now we're taking right. action on it. Now it's going from intent to behavior. Or if you think that just because somebody's willing to promote you, they'd be willing to come back, well, that's another story. Um, I think coming back is a whole nother level of behavior versus intent. And I think what you're saying is that happy customers aren't enough. You want happy customers that come back and engage because you give they them what back. they want.
1: That's right. And they give them what they want to, today, not just what they wanted yesterday. Yeah. Right. So think about like uh, the way um, all technology works now. Right. So there's a new iPhone every couple of years. You know, they, Apple knows they got to make sure that iPhone is still the best. Right. And, you know, they, people love Apple and not all of Apple products succeed because some of them aren't the best. Right. And so it's not just about customers loving you. It's actually making sure that that product that you're giving them is the best product or service outcome. And I think, I think the way I think about this is a lot of businesses have always live this way. As an example, a restaurant is like that to the extreme, right? So in a restaurant, there's no loyalty. You know, you, you do a good job with that, that patron, that customer. That's great. And you got to do a good job the next time, too, and the next time. And by the way, if they're in the mood for seafood and you don't have it, then they're not going to come see you, right? right? And so the restaurant industry forever has had to realize that you re-earn your customer's business every single day, and there's never a point where they're stuck. But a lot of other companies, they don't realize that, and the customers just didn't have enough, enough power. And now I think everyone's realizing, okay, you got to make sure they're happy, and you got to make sure you're doing what they need right now. That's what the outcome is all about.
0: I agree let 's get back to Amazon for a moment and and what they 've done. you said if they 're out of something, you move on to somewhere else. but what amazon 's right. done that 's really just cool is is you know and again, you know we 've talked a little bit about you know the convenience revolution, in the book, but they 're my case study for the most convenient company in the on the planet because they're always totally. open yeah. and, you know, they create technology that just makes it easy to do business with them. One click, you know, boom. That's and, right. I mean, other companies are doing that too, are trying to do it. And, but my favorite technology is the dash button. Do you know what the dash button is?
1: I, I've seen it on commercials. Do you have one in your house?
0: Yeah. So here's the deal. You wow. have a little doorbell looking button. Okay. And it's like you, you. It's in the laundry room, and when I, when my wife runs out of detergent, pushes the button, and it sends a signal to the cell phone. Are you sure you pushed the button and didn't do it by accident? And all you do is yes, you know. <laughs> and and then guess what happens? You get detergent delivered. You don't even have to open the computer anymore. I mean, talk, I know it is amazing, and you know what else? It's amazing. It's consistent, and I think that's important. You just mentioned that, uh, and Amazon, as any company. Every interaction they have, they have to constantly prove that this was the right company. This was the right restaurant to do business with and go and visit. Uh, and by the way, the definition of loyalty in a restaurant isn't showing up to the restaurant for every single meal. But there's a frequency that says, yeah, that's one of my loyal customers. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I'm okay with that if I'm a restaurateur. I, I mean, I'd rather have a 1,000 customers that come back, you know, six times a year than, you know, um, a couple thousand that I have to keep trying to find new people to replace just one time, you know? So anyway, I can go on and on about that one, but love, love these examples. We have time for one more big topic. uh, And I want to dive into this one a little bit deeper. And that is that customer success became the new discipline for the next generation of businesses. And, um, I know customer success, people are still wrapping their arms around what that actually means. And this is what your whole company is built on. So let's dig a little bit deeper into uh, how we're moving into helping our customers be more successful with what we do rather than just
1: giving them great service and making them happy. Great. That sounds great. And I think that's the, the core, the, you, you set it up well, where we talked about being happy isn't enough. And so the question is, okay, what, what do you need then? And what you need to do is get that customer to the outcome they're looking for. And that's what we call customer success, make them happy and get them what they want, right? Those two things. And nowadays, if you're not proactively doing that as a company, if you're waiting for your customer to figure out whether they're getting what they want, they're going to go somewhere else. And the, the Amazon example is perfect. And so what's happened is companies have realized this is a whole new job in the company. I've got a job for marketing. I've got a job for sales. I've got a job for the people to build a product or service, but I need a job for somebody to make sure that customer that bought is actually getting value from me. And that job is called customer success manager. What's super interesting is LinkedIn, the the website, um, it tracks jobs in general in the world. And the third most promising job in LinkedIn survey right now based on data is customer success manager. It's the most fastest growing, most promising job, third on the list. And it's because these companies are realizing we need somebody, a whole group, thinking about are our customers getting value or not. And uh, there's an organization called Serious Decisions, which is a market research firm. And they said 72% of companies that they surveyed right now uh, believe improving customer success and this new process is a, is a top priority right now. So we're seeing it over and over again. The companies are saying there's a whole new function I need to make this reality happen.
0: Wow. So here's something we do in our company. We have an online customer service training program. And this happened I, – I, I will tell you a nightmare story. This is the opposite of everything that I believe in, and I, I can't believe it was my company that did this to a customer. So here I am airing my dirty laundry, I guess, or or uh, giving you I <laughs> – I don't know. I'm not airing dirty laundry. We all have. We all yeah, have it. But this is what happened. So um, we had a client that bought an annual subscription, and they pay a fee, and X number of people can now log on and actually take the training. And at the end of the yes. year, I said, has anybody called this person? I I don't see th- that. See, they're up for renewal uh, for the year. And so somebody in my office called, and this is what the client said. You know what? I can't believe you're calling. No, we're not going to renew. Uh, the last time we talked to you was prior to signing up. We've never heard from you since then. And you know what? We yeah. we, we used it. You know, some of us, like, and I'm going, oh, my. I, I that that 's not me, so as soon as I found out that was the reaction, I jumped on the phone. The first thing I did is apologize profusely. somehow they got lost because that is not what we do. Uh, my idea of the resolution was to accept full responsibility for what happened, offer them another year at no charge, and to give them the experience that we want to get them. Now, the reason I bring this up is because we want to onboard everybody properly, so client buys the software or buys the subscription okay. And then we tell them how to get their employees signed in. Okay, that's the first part of it. Yep. And then we watch because we can monitor just like our our customers, our clients can monitor the employees going through the program. We monitor to make sure employees are going. Because if we don't see any activity, we call them and say, hey, what's up? You paid for this. Are you going to use it or not? I mean, it's not that brash, but the idea is, Is there a problem? We want to know about it. Oh, no, we're just busy, or we want to get into it, you know, whatever. So what happens is once they're onboarded, 30 days later, we're checking in with them. And then every 60 days, and my, my thought was, all I'm doing is making sure they're happy, but as I talk to you, what we're really doing is making sure they have success with the program. That's different. And I didn't even realize that's
1: what we're doing now. That's literally what you're doing, customer success. No surprise. This is what you think about every day but you are doing customer success and obviously you can always do it better and iterate on it. But just some examples of what you highlighted, you know, most companies, they're, they're surprised when their customers leave them. And that's the symptom. That's, that's when you know you're not doing it right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it's okay for customers to leave you, right? You're not perfect fit for everyone, but you should never be surprised by it, especially in this modern world where there's all this data about what your customers are doing and you have a chance to reach out to them. You should never be surprised. So how do you not be surprised? Well, Number one, the first thing you did, which is totally out of the textbook, is it starts with that beginning of the process. The customer buys from you, what's that beginning experience? Some people call that onboarding, as you talked about, right? Getting them up to speed, using it, making sure they start on the right foot, right? And you you talked about that. And then there's this ongoing process of checking in with them and maybe noticing when they're not doing the right things and proactively reaching out. And along the way, like you said, it's not just about seeing, are they happy, but it's also about making sure that they're getting value. And this is where you can really kind of challenge yourself to be provocative. You know, what are the things you're going to determine and look at to figure out if you're going to stay with us or not, you can ask the client that, right. You can actually ask them, how are you going to decide, you know, let's say it's a one year contract. How are you going to decide one year from now, whether you're going to renew And it's, it's a fair thing to ask up front. And then I'm going to write those things down and then make sure we do them. You know, and so that's, how customer relationships are changing, where the the company is becoming much more provocative to make sure they do what the client needs.
0: So when do you ask that question? You know, that great
1: co- great question. Hey, you, every you ask it constantly, but what we recommend is in the beginning of the relationship you ask it. You know, hey, Miss um, Mister Miss client, what you know? What are your strategic objectives? You bought you're working with us. What are you trying to accomplish? Right. That's kind of good hygiene, right? Make sure you ask that. And what are you going to use to determine whether you want to keep working with us? Great. We're going to write those down put them into some kind of system or plan. And then I'm going to, you know, let's say every three months I'm I'm reconnecting with that client and I'm going to put those same things up. Here's what you told us three months ago. Here's where we think we are. Here's the data. Here's what it shows. What do you think? Okay, great. Some of your goals have changed. Let's evolve those, right? And so if you have this kind of rigorous, consistent process uh, first of all, the client's going to be impressed. They're going to be like, "Wow, they're on top of things," you know. Mm-hmm. And then second, you know, you have a lot more, um, you know, kind of uh, ammunition to be able to have that client stay with you for a long time.
0: Right. So this, this, by the way, if you've made it this far into the show, and we're a half an hour into the show, we're getting ready to wrap up. This is solid, freaking gold right here. So uh, years ago, and I still attend the Strategic Coach Program by Dan Sullivan. I learned a great question. I modified it a little bit. Uh, well, the whole process is is his, is, but I pulled one thing out, and this is what I call the magic question. He calls it the relationship question, and it's almost exactly what you've said, and this is how I phrase it, because uh, and, and it doesn't matter. If you're getting ready to hire me for a speech, and that's a one-time event, that I'm going to come to your meeting, and I'm going to do a, a 60-minute speech or a 40-minute speech, and I'm going to leave. But here's what I ask. If we were to get together a year from now and you look back, what would have had to have happened for you to feel that that was the best speaker you ever invested money in for your people? I love that. Yeah. Or if we're doing you know, this subscription model, if we get together a year from now, what would have to happen for you to feel that um, our online training was successful? They will give you the criteria for success, and many clients will be the same, but often you'll find something different. And I love this. This is where your spin comes in. You constantly remind them that this was their success criteria. Are we on it? Are we doing what you thought you wanted us to do? Because at the end of the year, we want to make sure that we've done that. So solid gold information. uh, Awesome. That's why we call this amazing business radio. All right, we've got exactly. we've got time for one more question, and as you know, it's the one thing question. We've talked about it an awful lot, but if there's one thing you want to reiterate, or is there one little extra nugget of information you want to leave our listeners? What would that be?
1: Yeah, it's it's, it's the following. I think in this new world where customers have so much power, um, just like Jeff Bezos at Amazon talks about, there's ne- there's never a moment at which it's done. So you're never going to be done delivering value for your customers. You're never going to be done delivering success, never going to be done having to monitor how they're doing and having to ask them a question you just asked about a year from now, how are you going to evaluate this? That's a never-ending thing. It's, 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 a, it's a lot to adjust to because we're used to the world where you get that sale and you're done and you move on to the next one. There is no done in this new world. you got to re-earn that client every single day.
0: Love it. It's, it's not a destination. It's a journey.
1: That's exactly right. It's like a never-ending journey,
0: exactly. <laughs> a never-ending journey. All right, this is an awesome day today because we got to hear the wisdom of Nick Meta. Nick, thanks for being on the show, man. This has been awesome. So great to, have, to be here. Thanks, Jeff. All right, so that's another episode of Amazing Business Radio. We'll be back next week with another interview. I know you're going to love it. Stay tuned for that. We'll see you next week. And until then, remember, always be amazing.